You've unlocked a miserable podcast of secrets. This is episode 12, and my name is Nick Flamakis, an executive editor at The Next Level. As always, you can find us by searching on The Next Level in your favorite search engine, or you can go directly to www.the-nextlevel.com. Uh, today, we'll be taking a long, hard look at some issues surrounding difficulty in video games, and I think it'll be an interesting topic, and interesting as anything we've discussed recently, so I encourage you to get comfortable and join us, and uh, we'll look at this thing from, from all kinds of angles. Uh, Take your pants off. Yeah. To, speaking of angles, to the immediate right, please welcome Eric Manch, a.k.a. Sleeve, on the next level. Hey, everyone. Hey, How's Eric. How's it going? Just getting over a uh, mysterious flu ailment, so... Mm. Um, Hopefully, I'll hang together to the end of the podcast. Okay, try not to spit on any of the equipment here. Thank I'll tr- you. I'll try not. <laughs> yeah, uh, can't make any promises. Further to the right, we have Chris Rubin, known as McDeus. Hey, what's going on? And uh, all, on on the left, all by himself today, is the heart and soul of TNL, Mauricio Massetti, also known as Mizzo. Hey, what's up? That's spelled M-Z-O, correct? Yes, that is me. Okay. When we make the t-shirts and print up all the <laughs> that's make sure we get that right. When we have the plushie, that's what it'll have in his belt buckle. All right. And speaking of Mizzo, um, we were talking about this uh, this um, topic earlier about the difficulty in video games, and you came up with kind of an interesting point um, that video games are kind of unique in the realm of entertainment, at least digital entertainment, because... Oh, because of what they require from from the from the person being entertained, so I thought we could start talking about that first. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. It's interesting to think about that. There's an actual uh, there's an entry level, pretty much to video games that you need uh, to bring something to the hobby in order to get something back, uh, and that kind of uh, that's that's part of the whole um, the whole Wii thing. What's happening right now with games going casual and uh, having a lower entry point to uh, allow more people to be able to purchase these products and give money to the companies because uh, where we were is uh, basically if you start if you started playing when we started playing which is uh, the 80s if you started playing with uh, games that had one joystick and one button you went on to a d-pad and two buttons then you went on to you know like four like three buttons with the Genesis and then what was from there six buttons and then you get the Xbox controller 360 controller PlayStation controller like these things were a natural progression for us, and we all got used to it, and it, it's it works. But somebody coming into the to the uh, hobby right now has uh, kind of a bigger hurdler than we ever did, based on just a controller alone. Uh, I can understand why some people get confused by it. I mean, I'm still gonna make fun of them and call them retards and and other things, but I can I can at least understand why there would be a a sort of barrier. And it's not just that, like it's not just the controls. It's it's also the games themselves, the way they're set up. Is uh, there's no other hobby uh, that that would force you to uh, get better at it, really. Well, you know what? That's not necessarily true. Well, something like board games or it's, it's not right. It's not a passive board hobby. Shoes, maybe. Well, but... I don't know. Maybe if you were going to learn to play the saxophone or something, you'd have to acquire some kind of skill. But yeah, most most entertainment is but, passive. But... But this is this is just pure entertainment. Like it's not sports where you're you're playing to have fun, but you're also you're also trying to get some kind of benefit from it as far as your health or or your skills. This there, there are no positive elements to this hobby, is what we're trying to say, and this, it still this requires is in front you of TV and not being passive. 
It's it's the equivalent of just watching TV, except uh, it's less boring, and you're willing to accept shittier scripts. Except if you're not good enough, you don't finish the show. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, I think that's... And, of course, Nintendo experienced a lot of success, because I, I think they really capitalized on this idea that people were just losing contact with video games, because they didn't, you know, they couldn't... You know, it was hard for people to just grasp what was going on with a with a video game, with the new controllers that were coming out and all these difficult uh, control concepts people had to come up with. But I think at a certain point, Nintendo sort of had to realize that a lot of a lot of more uh, dedicated players, you know, the people who actually tend to spend more money on video games were kind of dissatisfied with the simplicity of the games that were coming out. Like, we, like not everyone, everybody wanted to spend money on games like Wii Sports, so they, they had to make, you know, they, they added more and more peripherals to the Wii remote so that games got more complicated. So they, you know, in order to make a game like Zelda, like Skyward Sword, you know, suddenly they're thinking, well, how are, how are, how are the casual players going to be able to play this? So we've got to introduce all these tutorials. Do you think that's sort of how it came to be, you know, that they made uh, this decision? I well, don't know. I, th- I think it works on a lot of different ways. I mean, especially with the tutorials bit, you've got you've got more complex games. You're introducing more concepts, mm-hmm. and part of that comes into like I mean, because if you look at older games, like even with disregarding the fewer buttons, because there were even a lot of games like this on PC. Like you look at something like Doom. What can you do? You can move. You can shoot. You can select a weapon. That's it. You can't reload. Um, you couldn't even look up or down at first. Um, th- there was, you know, the game itself was just sort of simplistic. Like, pretty much you press a couple buttons and you've done everything there is to do in the game. And then, of course, you had to use the arrow keys to move, too. What They weren't, they didn't even use the WASD buttons. Oh, don't remind me. You had to hold the, control the keys, and, all, yeah. and do all these freaking finger calisthenics just to strafe around something. Yeah, those are miserable right. times. No, but, and like, so, what I... If, well, oh, you can go on. Sorry. Oh, well, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, you compare that to an average first-person shooter from today, and you've got, you have more functions than the controller has buttons to have. And so you've got to have some kind of an easing point, even for people who are used to the controller, just to be like, what does this do? What does this do? Like, how do you go through all these different things? Like, especially once you get into realistic or more realistic games, where you even have, like, different positions positions like being able to lay down prone and shoot right well to be honest that's all labeled in the manual like i understand that it's not cool to read the manual anymore like we used to there used to be a time where you had to read the manual to understand especially with pc games to even understand what was happening in the game just to understand the basic concepts you had to read the manual and these days I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that nobody reads the manual, right? Well, I think I think like that nobody. should be by design. Like, I don't think people should have to read the manual for a, a well-designed game. I think I think a good game should teach you everything you need to know just by booting it up and just by sort of playing through the game. Well, I mean, I it's going to be a little bit more for difficult. Every genre. I mean, I, I do agree. Uh, if you look at the older games, uh, if you look at the best games ever made, the first level is usually a sort of tutorial and introduction to many of your abilities. Like, if, if you look at even, like, the first Super Mario Brothers, the very first thing that happens, there's there's a Goomba in your face, and you need to kill it. And chances are, you're going to hit that coin and maybe kill it by accident, or you're going to have to jump over it, or you're going to jump on it. You're not getting past that Goomba until you figure out the main basic, you know, point of the entire game. And then there's a mushroom right away. And if you just hit the mushroom and then stand there in awe, gaping at it, it's going to hit the pipe and come back, and it's going to make you big. And then things are going to start to click from that point on. So... It, even the first Super Mario Brothers, with 
it has like what two actions, but they're both shown to you right away, and you kind of get, get a feel for it very quickly. And a, a lot of the best games do that. A lot of the best games teach you through the very first level, whether you're conscious uh, aware of it or not. But uh, the later games, like Chris said, uh, I think they have too many functions. I think there's there are too many things for that to be a viable uh, way of teaching you, unless you have a specific area like, like a tomb raider mansion you know like an, an extra aside where you can learn all of your basic skills outside of the game but still in the game and then go into the main story at a later point that, that kind of gives you a way of of a learning uh, what to do without getting in the way of the story or the action by by stopping you every few seconds with a little you know chat window telling you hey if you press this this will happen try it out you know that, that kind of stuff takes you out of the game but that is a, that is a way for games to kind of be nicer because, as we said, no one wants to read the manual, let alone pause the game and refer to the manual, you know, after the action started. So that we do see a lot more of that where the game will talk to you, not as overtly as maybe something like Metal Gear. Metal Gear. But yeah. the game will will stop and hold your hand and just remind you. Press X to to do this, or press the take select up. button every time you want to save, Snake. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Like in, in certain games, where they're trying to teach you something weird, it, it does. I understand, and it's okay because I would rather have it in game. Uh, whenever there was some game, I jumped into Mass Effect One, like last week. I jumped right into that shit, just started playing, and I was in a combat situation right away. Like, granted, it was not a difficult combat situation. But they had not told me what a single button does at all. Like, they didn't tell me what any of my buttons did. And I was just assumed to know, which I thought, it hit me out of left field because I haven't played a modern game that did anything like this in a really long time. And I mean, there are only so many buttons and I'm not dumb, so I figured it out pretty quickly. But I was, it was that initial moment where I was fighting things and I really honestly had no idea how to get behind cover, which is just walk there. I didn't know how to crouch, which was like click left stick. Which is ridiculous because I hate clicking sticks, and then uh, like I just didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know I didn't figure out how to pause time till I'm not even gonna tell you how deep into the game. I didn't even know you could aim while you had pause time because they don't tell you in game. Mm. And if and I didn't read the manual, but I figured it out eventually. You know, I got it all down. It's just but what you know, if you were playing on PC with a hundred plus keys, and I mean you would pretty much have to. You're not going to sit there and try every key. You would, you'd pretty much have to refer I to it. I actually haven't tried the PC version. I don't know how it works. Uh, I heard they change the control. Well, at least, at least with a PC, you can, you can call up a menu or, you know, you can run your mouse over a, you know, drop some kind of drop down thing that'll tell you what the key assignments are. Yeah, I looked in the Xbox for, you know, like just options, controls, you know, so you could have like a picture of the controller with little arrows pointing at the buttons and descriptions. It doesn't exist in that game. So that game kind of threw me back a little bit with that. I didn't mind. Because I always have the option of reading the manual, or I could figure it out like I did. But, uh, but I mean, clearly that's is... that's bad design. I think that's an example of bad. Well, maybe, but these these are two. I think these are two different things that we need to we need to uh, specify here. One of them it would be uh, the actual controls themselves, what every button does, how to perform every action you're going to need to get through the game. That's one thing. But then when you're playing something like Zelda, because we brought up Nintendo earlier, and. Uh, now you have okay you have your basic actions down now you have your environmental interactions where you're using these actions to make things happen now these should not be told to you specifically as a player like uh, i think a good example is at the very beginning of uh, skyward sword for those of us who have played it uh, you get up to the roof of the academy and one of the professors is like "Well, can you get this cat for me" and you're like "all right whatever" and you jump over to this roof and you see the cat 
standing. It's not even a cat. It's like a monster thing. And it's like just out of reach. And there's a crate nearby. And I think there's even like scrapes on the floor next yeah. to the crate. Mm-hmm. So visually, instantly, you're like, I can't reach. You look around. There's a crate. You look at the floor. There are scratch marks on the floor. I can push this crate to its original position since it's obviously been moved and you can get up there. It makes you feel a little bit proud to figure that out. Like just the tiniest, <laughs> tiniest bit. I mean, you don't feel like Sherlock Holmes or anything, but you're just like, your and you're brain calling puts other it together. People returns. No, no, I'm just saying your brain puts it together because that's how your brain works. You, you figure out patterns that have been, you know, existing your whole life and, and your brain's a little bit happy it did that. It's like, yay, there's like a little tiny party and you're like, okay, I'm going to run to this box and, and, and do this. And as you're running to the box, the guy's like, hey, Link, you can push that box to help you reach the cat. And you're like, okay, come on. Like, I I just, I looked at it, and my brain figured it out. And I don't think I'm special. I don't think I'm especially intelligent. I mean, I do. But for this example, I'm going to say that I'm not. And I think most people would have reached that same conclusion just by looking at that crate. And I think most people did. And that dude yelling at you is kind of just a little insulting and a little annoying. And that keeps happening. In that I, I, I do think that a lot of developers do have to plan for the lowest common denominator when it comes to uh, people playing these games because, I mean, there are people who will not figure that out for who, for whatever reason. Maybe not – I think maybe not necessarily because they're stupid, but just because they're not yes. used to the language. I think most like games are smart enough now use. where it won't show you something like that, an obvious hint like that, until you've failed at something two or three times or if you've taken too long. But Mizzo's exactly right. In in Zelda and in other Nintendo games, they just assume the assumption going in is that you are six years old. And that does, does get kind of annoying when you're somebody who's been playing since the original Legend of Zelda. I mean, you, you push things in Zelda. Like, that's what you do. <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, yeah, uh, granted, somebody brand new to the series has never played Zelda before. But again, you have all these visual cues that they took the time to put into the game. You know, you see the box, you see the scrape marks on the ground. I mean, that's all you need to know. Like, why would you need any more information than that? On a kind of related note, are, it seems that there are fewer difficulty options now than there used to be. With, with Skyward Sword... Everybody, I mean, there's no hard mode, as I recall, that you could start on. I know Chris likes to play games on hard mode right off the bat, but with Zelda, everybody kind of starts in the same place. Do you think games are easier now or harder now or, 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 or what? Because you really only don't have as many options as you used to for, you know, Street Fighter used to have the, the 10 difficulty levels. I don't know if it still does, but most games now, you're lucky if you just get the the default difficulty, and then maybe if you beat that, you get you unlock a harder one. I mean, I think it's really different because they they change a lot more things. I mean, I guess I would have to say in a direct one one comparison, games these days are easier, but that's mostly due to the fact that games back then were often shitty. I mean, yes. I love Ninja Gaiden Two Agreed. to Death. I it's think true. that is an amazing game. At the same time, because of NES limitations, enemies don't appear from the side of the screen. They appear on my well, my TV back then was probably like a I don't even know what the fuck it was. Probably like a 19 inch was like my big gaming TV then, and enemies would peer a couple inches into the screen. Like all of a sudden, there's an eagle partway into the screen, and it's it, it doesn't start flying until you're halfway through a jump. Like, things were purposefully put there just to be asshole moves. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's a really good point. I think, yeah, I, there there's difficulty, but in different 
ways, and I think that games have like pe- developers have become smart enough to fix things that made games artificially difficult to just sort of take that element away. Like comparing like the old Shinobi games on like the uh, on the Genesis to uh, the new Shinobi on 3DS. Like for example, on on uh, like. Uh, Revenge of Shinobi and Shinobi 3, you had a limited amount of kunai, those little throwing daggers. Like, you could easily run out of them if you weren't careful with them. If you kept doing those double jumps and throwing all the fans. Like, hopefully you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know this oh, game, yeah. but yeah. Um, and there was actually a cheat that you could use that I usually used when I was a kid to, to give yourself unlimited kunai, but that sort of, oh like, God. affects the... Yeah, that sort of... Kind of gimps the give, difficulty <laughs> of the game to do that. And it's sort of like an artificial... Uh, limiting factor to have to constantly look for these kunai um, and it sort of makes the game artificially difficult. Now what Shinobi on the 3DS does, it, it gives you unlimited kunai but they're kind of, they kind of regenerate like you can only throw like five or six at a time and then as long as you have like one in your inventory you can always do like a double jump kunai fan thing but you still have to wait like three or four seconds in order for them to regenerate. So I mean, it's it doesn't really affect the difficulty, like the fact that you have unlimited kunai. It just makes you strategize and plan like a little bit more the way you use them, and um, which I think is a, a change for the better. So, like, I don't think the game is easier for that. It's just more intelligently designed. I mean, there's there's definitely a thing that goes on just in terms of life bars in relation to the way people play. Um, I mean, there's the really lazy stuff, which is where uh, games, like, all they do is just add on longer life bars on the enemies and make the enemies hit harder. And you're just, you're fighting the same enemies that were designed for normal difficulty, except that now it takes you ten times longer to kill them. Um, you have certain games, I think it was Halo 2, I believed, which, and I don't think that they actually succeeded in pulling this off, but I do kind of like their idea behind it which was that Bungie designed the AI of the enemies to be very difficult. And then they scaled, they would simply scale it down so that if you were playing on normal, their life bars were short enough that they would still be relatively easy to kill because they wouldn't live long enough to damage the player. And then, of course, you know, they had longer and longer life bars and hard. And so I I did kind of like the idea of approaching it from designing a difficult game and then you would simply Scale just down. pare down, pare stuff down in order to like make it easier for normal difficulty. Um, ultimately, I, I don't think their AI was all that great. I mean, it was it was good, but like to a point, like, I th- to a point, I yeah. think that's true. But like, as you say, like just increasing life bars and enemies just makes the game more tedious, and it doesn't really make it more difficult. Right. Like when it's when it's not hard in the first place, and then all you do is make it take. 10 times as long to kill something, it's like, come the fuck on, you can do better. So some people just aren't trying. And sometimes you actually have things like in Bayonetta where they change player abilities. Like you've got a bullet time move if you dodge at the last second on normal. And by the time you reach the hardest difficulty level, that bullet time is completely gone. You don't have that. So you have to constantly be good. You don't get free shots like you do on normal. And on top of that, the enemies themselves... The enemy, kind of a similar move to like the Halo 2, is that the enemies are actually difficult, but the problem is that you can interrupt them. So you can almost stun lock certain enemies and knock them out of attacks so that they have a hard time hitting you. Then as you go up in difficulty level, you start encountering silver and gold versions, 
which actually removes, like they get super armor, so you can't stun them. Like I think the gold ones, you can't stun at all, you can't interrupt at all. When these guys start attacking, they will go. And it, it completely changes the strategy. The AI doesn't change, the enemies don't change. I think it takes a little bit longer to kill them, but it it gimps what the player can do, and so it makes you come up with new strategies and find new ways to fight the same thing. And it, it, it does actually make them harder without intrinsically changing um, the enemy itself. And I think that's really interesting. And then, of course, comes in with Ninja Gaiden, and that was on the Xbox, and that one was just, like, revolutionary in that they introduced completely new enemies. I liked how each time you went up a difficulty level, they removed the previous lower tier of enemies and then made the next step up the weakest enemies. But there were things, like, I remember when I hit, like, very hard... And I encountered these, like, anthropomorphic, you know, cat girls or whatever. Like, they weren't, like, sexy cat girls, but they were just, like, big cat people. And they were fast as shit. They were ridiculous. Like, they would just tear me to shreds. And they weren't in an earlier difficulty levels at all. I was just going through a level, like, doing fine, everything was great. And all of a sudden, it was like, what the shit is this enemy? Never even seen it before. I think that's a pretty good approach, just adding new new content <laughs> like new harder content at harder difficulty levels like the valkyrie profile for example does that on hard difficulty yeah it it actually adds there's i think eight additional dungeons one for each chapter on the higher well, on you're, you're missing some level. of the there's some dungeons that are easy normal only and then some that are hard mode only and some that are normal hard only so you get a smattering of the... You don't get every... There's a wide variety of content that you don't necessarily get if you do the lower difficulty levels, which is a good idea, I think. And But they kind of fucked up easy because it's not... Everyone agrees that it's not easier because you end up being able to get less items throughout the game. Like, you don't have access to some of the better weapons by the end, so it's really not exactly an easier mode. It's just kind of a weird... <laughs> it's it's I think faster, they kind of fucked it up. But it still... is faster, yeah. Less periods. I, well, yeah, you get less stuff. periods, as I remember. But yeah, we'll, we can talk more about Valkyrie profile. Later, and I think but... people start at higher levels when you first recruit them. On hard, I'm playing on hard right now, and everyone starts at level one. But it's so easy. I mean, it's not it's not a hard game at all. It's just an it's an obtuse fucking game for sure. It doesn't tell you shit. Speaking of tutorials, oh my god, you have no idea what's happening in that game. And then you finally beat a boss and you get a reward, and it's like, oh, thank you. You know, let's give this to Lord Odin. You're like, no, I want it. And you can either keep it and then lose some evaluation points, which really don't matter for shit, as far as I can tell, or you can give it up. And you don't know if it's a. They don't even describe the item to you. It just has this weird name, and it's like like the bark of the druid tree. And you're like, is this bad or good? I gave it up. I was like, I don't give a shit. But apparently, near the end of the game, you can turn that into a pretty good item. So I screwed up. But how am I supposed to know? Until that whole game feels like it's better on your second or third playthrough. It, it Everything is, is it kind of designed is. like like you figure it out right as you're fucking it up. And then you're like, oh, I see. Thank you. And then my next playthrough will be better. But that's kind of shitty, I think. I don't like that. Oh, I was going to say, like, there's almost a middle ground there, which is uh, I encountered in Resonance of Fate. Because Resonance of Fate has a fairly complex battle system. The funny part is it's it's translated pretty well, but since it's kind of obtuse game mechanics... Um, the translation isn't quite good enough. And so you have an idea of a lot of the abilities and things you can do, but if you just try to go from the tutorial 
you still can't figure out some of that stuff. I actually had to look up a fact for a couple of the things they try to describe for you in the tutorial, just because it was so like, I, I couldn't even figure out what they were trying to tell me. But it was it was kind of interesting just from a, a theory standpoint in having like a tutorial that tells you about the different abilities and you know they exist, but you still have to figure them out yourself. Like you still can't go from there. I mean, RPGs are weird. Like we're talking about difficulty. Like if there's some kind of magic answer all across the board, but every game is just so different that uh, that there's no easy way uh, to to say you know what would make a good difficulty for this particular game. Like we talk about action games like Bayonetta or Ninja Gaiden and stuff, and we have a pretty good idea of what would make those more enjoyable and, and at what they should do at higher difficulties. Like you said, replace enemies, uh, increase the complexity of maybe your move list, their move list, uh, just something. You know, I, just, you know, I've thought about that before, and but I not actually not the health thing. The health thing is yeah, shitty. Definitely, not. I don't like the health thing. I'm in for. I think my my personal preference is to give a player as many abilities as possible from the start, and or at least have access to them. Um, yeah, and then yeah. let the player like choose where they want to go from there. Like when you when you gate abilities throughout a game, I kind of I find that really annoying, especially on replays. There's a point because... to that though. There's a point to. That. I mean, you know what? The harder difficulty should give you the abilities from the start, if that's what you're trying to say. But the normal difficulty should teach you one thing at a time, give you time to become acclimated with the use of that move, and then pile something else on, or else it's too confusing. Like Otherwise, you'll keep using the screw attack for the whole game, and you won't you won't see the, some of the other weapons. You won't see the value of the other moves. Maybe you'll stick to your favorite, and you know, maybe. But I mean, there's there's definitely a way to incorporate, uh, you know, in the kind of uh, forced hidden tutorials that they have to incorporate showing off all the different moves and all the different methods, but still giving the player access to all of them. And I mean, uh, of course, you know, you've got something like the Metroid series. Like Metroid always starts off where you have everything. Like at the start, and then, and then like five you. minutes into it, yeah, Ridley <laughs> like gets on Comes top of, of Samus, and every yeah, game. and then her suit is just strewn all over the place, and then you've got to collect those back. But you, you know, you have that time where you have everything, and then the game kind of reintroduces concepts to you. But I don't necessarily think that they always need to take that away from you. It's it can be an interesting way if you're going to have that kind of a Metroid style game where the actual levels are gated but you've got like an overworld or like Zelda, you know, obviously if, if Link had every single item from the start, then he could go wherever the fuck he wanted. But, you know, in something like, um, I mean, like a Ninja Gate and you have to buy all your moves, which is okay, but kind of annoying that you can look through this list and be like, oh man, here's all these fantastic moves. What do I pick? And you're not necessarily going to know how all of them work out in combat and you want to experiment, but you can't. Um, I know, like, Bayonetta has items that you have to buy. Uh, there is a way to cheat and get free Halos if you want, because some of them cost hilarious amounts. Um, but it's just, I would rather see a move away from that in, in action games. I mean, something like Vanquish, like, you don't get new moves in Vanquish. You you start off, you have everything you need. Um, the weapons are randomized, which I kind of hate. Like, I actually wish they would just give you three set weapons with unlimited ammo and let you go. Um, or at least have a mode for that, but but still, like there's there's nothing that the player can do at the end of the game that you can't do at the start of the game. But isn't one of the great things about games that you do unlock more power as you go along, and that's something that 
businesses and things outside games copy from video games where you know you go on a website now and it's almost you know you're unlocking new new things uh, you know the more you post we have something like that on on TNL isn't that one of the great things about games that you that you progress sure. well i think that i think it, i like new weapons you know can sort of translate into that or you know, new some new thing that enhances the abilities you already have you know that like the way an action rpg might do that i mean dark souls is a good example of a game that again gives you everything that you need right at the beginning of the game it teaches you like within the first 20 oh, 15 don't even, 20 don't minutes even act like that game teaches you like, shit that game it, is it does though i mean it tells so you everything and obtuse, to do and that game doesn't even fucking try to show you most of the modes but but a lot of the bizarre stuff is side quests like it's things like it's it's extra items that you can get i mean being able I to think, dodge i think you can safely play through that game and still not know how to do a lot of the things in that game like covenants and shit like where, where is that explained well to you? i mean covenants covenants not necessarily I'm, I'm just talking about basic gameplay concepts like press just a like, button something happens like, like no like blocking parrying thru- like thrusting like different strong attacks weak attacks how each weapon has different attacks like you learn all of that right at the beginning of the game and then it's like through hours upon hours of just perfecting all of that that you reach the end but think about think about let's take go back to metroid the screw attack and the wave beam and the things that you unlock during the game those are things that you activate pretty much with a button press something like dark souls with parrying or or rolling they're available at the beginning of the game but you have to master them and that's a very high um you know it's a steep level that that i don't think most gamers are going to want to do i don't think most gamers would like dark souls or demon souls very much it's not that hard people say, say it's it, hard it, it's it not really that hard. isn't yeah in it's my not, opinion it's, it's more it's more maybe a bit grindy than hard it's more like you have to know like where to go and what to do and have like a certain order to everything. To get really good at go Dark Souls, slowly. though, you do have to put some time into it. Well, I've only played to Demon's get really Souls. good at a lot of games. Well, that's I mean that's the way it should be though, Nick. That's the way it should be with this hobby. You should need to put some time in to get something back from it. You shouldn't. I, I mean, if you want to just sit there formula. and do nothing, then watch a movie. Look at how high the stakes are now. Uh, Press people, A for awesome. People want to make people want to make successful games, and right. I, I don't know. I mean, Nintendo, as as uh, Eric was saying earlier. Or maybe it was Mizzo, but Nintendo really tried to simplify things with the Wii and and then started making things a little more complex when they realized that things were a little too too simple. But yeah, I guess the answer is in there somewhere. But well, that's the tightrope that we're walking. It's okay, like somebody plonks down sixty dollars for your game for your experience. They get home, they start playing it. They can't I get more than hundred dollars for it. my experience. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but here, here's one. Here's but one it's in the like, middle. But, but say, hold on, I'm but, not done. But say, like, the dude just paid all this money, and now he can't get through the entire game. Like, he can't. He sucks. He just can't make it through the entire game. But he paid the money for it. Does he have the right to be able to get through the game? You know, it's... Cheat codes. It's weird. Yeah. Cheat codes, okay. I guess. I don't know. But it, then, it's, a, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing to... Uh, Justin to Bailey. To make a game too hard is, is a bit of an odd thing to do. That's to make why a game we need too to have easy, more intelligent difficulty levels where... Normal is pretty difficult where you have to work at it, but you can you can scale it down to easy, preferably in in game, or at least at certain points in the game you can go back down to easy, so people don't get frustrated. But yeah, but but I mean, you, you're talking about like a combat game or something. Like you're talking about a game where the AI can be scaled or a game where things to be. But what about the original Super Mario Brothers? 
Like what would a difficulty slider do in the original? Have Super you ever Mario played Brothers? bowling and had bumpers in where you couldn't get a gutter ball? I guess it's something like Mario. You could put you could put little. You know, there's no caps so you could fall in. A little yeah. inflatable, like uh, inflatable okay. things over the pits, so you you can't little fall. Blocks. Little, yeah. Some game had that. I think it was Mega Man Ten has an easy mode where it adds extra blocks to keep you from falling down certain pits that would. You know that are not there when you play on normal mode. So that's that is an interesting point. That is a good way of doing it. Mega Man had a good way. Uh, I remember. I think it was Mega Man Two, the Ice World. There was a uh, there was a pit you fell in, and there would be blocks that would appear and disappear. And you're thinking of Mega Man One because you're yes. a horrible person, it not two. Mega Man 1. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Jump on these in these bricks, and they would disappear after a second. You had to do it in a certain way. I had the hardest had the time getting through that music getting through that level. Oh God! I had the most annoying music playing during that whole time, and that really spurred me. <laughs> to, to get past that. That really made me better at the game. the hard part the hard part was right after that where you had to jump on those fucking green platform things that would they had the eyes and then when they get to the edge of their of their patrol they would shoot from either side and then start going the other way but they could go up or down randomly and sometimes you would land on them and you would fall right through them take damage fall right through and die just nothing you could do the game sucks sorry sometimes you would land on them just fine but then you were either too low and the next one was too high up and they just would not migrate like down and up to a point where you could actually jump from one to the other. They had a will of their own. They were just being dicks. So you just couldn't do it. And you had to just wait and wait and wait. Mega uh, Man 1, I think, is a good a example part. of a game with broken difficulty. Just like, no, it, it's I not mean, that it's hard. Some it's some areas, really not. Like, just do it. Just, just like up. the Yellow Devil, I, I think. No, <laughs> go, go back and play it now. You will laugh at that game. It was Yellow really Devil? not that bad. It, the big, the big Cyclops at the end. I oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Wily's what is they call the Yellow Devil? It's like a rock monster. But you're right. I used to call it. I used to call it the rock monster, but then people started calling it the Yellow Devil. So you know what happened? You played it when you were like six or seven, and you sucked ass at games. And if if you go back now, I, I mean, I've beaten more Nintendo games as as a twenty something, thirty something adult than I did when I was a kid because I sucked at games. I had trouble playing through Mario One. Mario One is laughable now to me. And then I go back. I've beaten uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles maybe like five or six years ago for the first time ever. I beat uh, Double Dragon Three, which is a horrible fucking game. I beat uh, this one that we're talking about right now, Mega Man One. I went back to beat when they released the collection. I beat that as I a didn't... kid. And it's I, just, as a it's kid, I cheated. I cheated through it as a kid. I used the the, Wait, stop, the pause the pause thing. Oh, like for you the shoot yellow one devil. laser. Yeah. yeah, you shoot like an elect beam at the yellow devil, and you press select over and over again, and he just keeps getting hit. That's how I beat him. That's how and I beat Final Wily. That. That's how I beat Final Wily as a kid. But I mean, I figured it out as an adult. It really wasn't that tough. It turns out, I just sucked at games. I, I don't know how long it took me to get good. I, I don't know the amount of practice it required of me for uh, hand-eye coordination to actually be able to get to the level the designers thought I should be back in the day. Speaking but... back of that, I, I tried to play through uh, Mega Man Powered Up, and I got I got stuck at the Yellow Devil oh, on the, the remake version. Like, just I don't know. I had, what I had, is wrong with you? Look, I had problems with it, okay? like I'm sure <laughs> well, I'm not the only a... one. Can we get well, I'm not as good here. as you, Mizzo. That game has an easy, normal, hard. 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what difficulty I was playing on. Might have been the hard difficulty. I easy. have no idea. Yeah, it was probably hard is kind of tough. Hard is kind of tough. I would not recommend hard because you are in powered up. You're this. You're like your sprite is half the screen, and you're just gonna get hit by everything that moves because you're so giant in that game. But like compared to if you go back and play Nintendo Mega Man, you are the tiniest little dude in the corner of your screen, and there's this big wide open space above you. You know, like this just huge blue sky. And you're like, that's a lot of really, I mean, that's a lot of real estate on the screen. And then you mm-hmm. play like either the Game Boy or uh, the Powered Up one, and that's not really the case. But Powered Up was was very easy, I want to say, unless you're playing as like Roll, and she can only kick, and then it's kind of tough. One of the differences nowadays is that back then in Mega Man One days, you could get away with. And you probably should make your game harder than than maybe it needs to be because especially before game rentals, people just you know would would buy that one game and have it for a while. But now I think you can kind of price yourself out of the market, so to speak, where you can make a game that's too hard and there's just so much competing for your attention now that you people are. And I don't know how Demon Souls became so successful. Because um, I think it was well, I think very it was niche. successful. Wasn't I think it? it's very niche success. I mean, uh, it sold among PS3 owners. I think, but platinum hits or whatever the whatever the the PlayStation uh, greatest hits thing is called. I mean, it, yeah, it sold I, I think it was a lot of word of mouth. But well, I mean, you, you're allowed one game like this. Say, like every game that comes out is really easy. Every game is really fucking easy. And then one developer dares to make like one obscure game that's kind of tough. And then people are kind of like, oh, this is different. Oh, this is how it used to be. This is kind of cool. And they talk about it and they play it up and then it becomes successful. But you, you get like one of those. If we somebody else tried like it, Contra it probably would or anything. We don't have anything like that anymore. I mean, very yeah, rare. Well, there's, I mean, Xbox Live Arcade has some titles. You have um, the, uh, Hardcore the Uprising. 2D. Well, Super Meat Boy is pretty, I mean. Uh, Super Meat Boy, Dust Force is definitely up there. Um, it seems that we remember fondly the hard games from the NES and the Super Nintendo because we spent a lot of time on them and we get that great sense of accomplishment when we beat well, them. Well, yeah, there's something to be said about about your brain and, and how uh, when you're stuck on a challenge and, and just having to do it over and over again, like, yes, and it's frustrating while it's taking place, but then as soon as you overcome that challenge, the endorphins just rush your mind and it feels so good and you're just like, you feel so accomplished even though you, you did absolutely nothing, but you're just like, yes, yes, I did it. You know, my life has meaning, <laughs> and you want that. But don't you feel today, on the other hand, there's not so much danger in making your game too easy because people will still play an easy game, but if you make your game too hard, don't you think there's a danger that people are just going to rent it and not buy it and they're not going to play it all the way through? And wasn't there some study recently where, like, 10% of people actually finish games or 10% of the people playing a game actually finish it and 90% never finish whatever game they're playing? Well, games used to be like what, like thirty minutes long, forty-five minutes long. Yeah, like an hour you know? or so. And now, well, especially the if it was an arcade game port. time, the average game time for like a non-RPG for something that's not involved is probably ten to fifteen hours. That's pretty. Yeah, different. I think that's about accurate. Yeah. Well, I wonder what the completion rate is on games like that. On, on you can find out. Typical, There's a website for that. Yeah. Is it the What's next the name level? of that website? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's a popular the website. Next it's about you son um, of a bitch. <laughs> it's a. I can't remember the name. Somebody linked it. Edit that out of the podcast. To it for Valkyrie Google dot com. I think I'm gonna edit Mizzo out of the podcast. <laughs> Somebody linked me to it, and it turns out it's like nine percent of people that have ever played Valkyrie Profile and registered with the site. 
have actually beaten it. Like, 9%. You know why? Because that game is like, press start for cool stories. Okay, they're out. Do boring shit for half an hour. And you're like, oh, come on, Valkyrie Profile. And then you do, and you grind it out. Then you get to the next chapter, you're like, yes, yes, and you press start like six times. And you're like, oh, cutscenes, yes, people's tears, this is beautiful. And then it runs out, you're like, oh, come on, Valkyrie Profile, I gotta fight people It's, it's like shit. a bunch of, like, crazy oh. short stories, like, all kind of linked together. Yeah, but there's a bunch, <laughs> like... of, a bunch of garbage in between, you know? Like, just give me all the short stories and put combat in the middle. I, I'm just saying, like, the story parts are great. And the dungeon parts, I find not so great. At first, it's like, oh, cool, it's 2D. Oh, cool, I can jump around and make ice crystals. Oh, cool, I never really have to. I'm just fighting. And the combat's kind of neat. It's like, oh, I can make Listen, combos. Some oh, of the later juggle. dungeons oh, you definitely do. Like, whatever. You do have to do that crazy crystal manipulation yeah, shit. Yeah, but then it's like, oh, God, I got to do things in dungeons that is taking too long to get through it. So, you know what? You can't win either way with me. So, fuck you. Fuck you, Valkyrie Profile. I'm going to beat you, <laughs> and then I will never play you again. Um. Well, actually, uh, two of the things which I, I also wanted to mention... You can kind of have an old school difficulty mixed with a modern thing, like with what Bioshock Infinite is doing with their 1999 mode. Like, yeah. if you take that mode That's away, cool. That's you cool. have a a totally normal version of you know uh, one of one of today's games. And then in 1999 mode, you've got a more classic mode. It's a lot harder. It appeals to certain people, and I think that the difficulty level thing really comes into effect here. I mean, can, like, can you Zelda, elaborate on that, Chris? Because I'm not sure what a 1999 mode is. Well, it's where you go back to 1999, and you're like, man, games were so Dancing much cooler Prince. back then. You know, w- wasn't this great? Yeah, you know, based on the interviews that I've read with, um, what's his uh, Levine? What's his first name? Ken. Yeah, Ken Levine. Ken Levine. I mean, he recognized it. Like 1999 goes back when um, System Shock 2 was released, and uh, you know the concepts that they that they used in building that, and like. Talking about the the difficulty in that game and the choices that you had to make, like a lot of choices that had like finality and consequences to them, and to sort of want to recreate that. And apparently, he received a lot of word from people who were sort of dissatisfied with Bioshocks and its difficulty, how that was sort of missing from Bioshock. So, I guess sort of in an effort to go back to that approach to difficulty and choice. Um, in 1999, when they released System Shock 2, they introduced this mode. Like, um, I was actually trying to look up what the specific details of it were because I haven't looked for it in forever. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's, it's, really, it's just a lot. Right? If it's you don't a have lot harder. Money to come I back. believe so. Yeah. Like, you need to actually plan for resources, um, plan for like your combat specializations. You can't just take everything and, or you know, be jack of all trades and still be okay. Um, and you know, I th- I think that's nice because there they have the they offer the option for people who are idiots like me, who will take it and be like, "This is great! I'm getting fucked over, and it's awesome." And then everyone else is just like, "You know what? I just kind of want to watch the uh, the game." Pretty and, things happen on the right, TV. and like yeah. occasionally electrocute people. You can do that too, and it accepts both people, and that's great. Uh, they did the. I mean, that's pretty much what happened with World of Warcraft. Um, which I think ended up being a lot of bad press for them, but it's that thing of a lot of the older bosses were at the time incredibly difficult. Well, no, no. See, MMOs are a completely different beast. Uh, we're jumping all over the place now, but MMOs, you, you can't hold up to the same standards as regular games because mm. you need... Uh, like, the developers are putting up gated content. This is just because they're assholes. They're putting up gated content, and it's gated in different ways. You either have time limits, like you only have about an hour or so, remember? Like, uh, what was that dude's name? Neff? 
he would actually disappear after a certain amount of time. So you only got so many attempts a week, period. Plus there was a time limit. But but then you have, right, the other way of gaining content is to make a boss that is so difficult that he actually cannot be beaten because you haven't created any content past that boss yet. So you actually make him so hard that you, that you fit, that, and like no one can beat him. You actually cannot defeat him. So these guilds are, are breaking their balls on the original Ragnaros fucking over and over again, and there's nothing they can do about it because there was no content past that. So the developers didn't want you to beat it. So they made it so you couldn't. And that's bullshit. And that's completely different from like a real game. That's a garbage MMO game. But thing. a lot of the the Warcrafts, a lot of the earlier Warcraft stuff that couldn't be beaten were fuck ups on their part, and they still made those screw ups from time to time. Like when people demonstrated mathematically that at I think it was the the first release of um, XT in um, in Olduar. Olduar, yeah. Yeah, he couldn't. He could not be beaten on hard mode. Like, if you created a group that would actually be unable to survive because you would have too many people doing damage and not enough people um, able to heal, you still would not be able to do enough damage before the Enrage to kill him. It it was a mathematical impossibility. But even discounting those occasional things, um, Blizzard introduced normal mode, hard mode. And hard mode was much closer to normal boss difficulty level and normal mode was essentially easy mode. That was basically a way for anyone to experience and, and encounter you're the summarizing something. You're summarizing something that happened over the past, like, seven years. You know, it didn't happen yeah. overnight. Like, initially, initially, hard mode was hard. If you're thinking about the second expansion, uh, the, the monkeys in outer space, like, the hard modes for that game were fucking hard. And the normal modes were normal. And there was no easy. Like, if you sucked, you didn't do instances. And, you know, like hard mode instances. If you sucked, you didn't raid. That was it. Period. And, and lately, they've kind of... Uh, and then uh, I think Ratchet of the Lich King had uh, a million difficulties for a million dungeons with a million achievements. And it was a, a big fucking clusterfuck. But it, it did come closer to doing what you said, which is the hard mode became the nor- what used to be normal. And then the normal became... You know, what would have been easy had it existed before. Yeah. And then with the new stuff, this is why we quit, ba- mainly why we quit, because the new stuff that just came out is nothing. It's pathetic mode. It's ridiculous. There's there's no effort. If there's no effort and you just do it, then there's no fun. Like, there needs to be, like, like we. this is the whole point of the podcast. There's got to be a middle ground. You know, there has to be enough strife to give you the sense of satisfaction at having accomplished something. It can't just be handed to you for free. And Warcraft, at this point, hands you everything for free. And we all became bored with it. And we stopped playing. also has to be so. like a steady stream of accomplishment. There has to be some like some resistance from the game, but also some like kind of flow, either in the form of you know additional story or additional rewards. You know, I, I guess like achieving that balance, I think, is the, the greatest achievement that any good game can accomplish sometimes it can simply be actually learning the game itself the other game that i was going to bring up and this one is an example of a completely old school game that is more modern and my my story i'm gonna relate to you should be a little wacky here but that's gun valkyrie because why do we keep bringing that up Gun Valkyrie. I don't have a fucking giant horrible Xbox. Stop talking uh, about it. Okay, so Gun Valkyrie. Here, here's the thing. Gun Valkyrie is an amazing game. It controls fantastically. It is. It is. It's got no, a it ton doesn't. of moves. You gotta click the sticks. Whoa. Clicking the sticks always Hang sucks. On. 
Hang on to that. Let, let him talk. It's got whatever. Let him talk. Shit in it. But the main thing here is that <laughs> it's really difficult to understand how everything comes together and the exact way that everything works. You can still technically beat the game. Well, you can almost beat the game without understanding it. I blundered through the game. Every once in a while, there would be a period of like maybe five seconds where I'd be playing the game where everything would work. And I would be dashing through the air with unlimited boost and moving around and everything would be perfect. Because when you're good at the game, you're unstoppable. You're normally... Um, all the things that are normally limited actually become unlimited the better you play. Um, and so it's like normally I think you can do something like um, like maybe five boosts or something like that. So you can basically do like a double jump and then move around once or twice and then you fall back to the ground. But when everything's being perfectly timed, your meter doesn't go down. So you're just up there forever, and you can literally fly through levels. Effectively, yeah. Like, I guess you can boost long enough. You can boost up long enough so that you can just keep going back and forth long enough so that you like effectively like spend an infinite amount of time in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't basically. there some yeah. boost attack or something? I'm trying to remember now. I didn't play. I haven't played this game since it came out. It's been a long time. Because I, it's not backwards compatible. That's why. Right, right. Well, here's, which is, which here's the big is f- a crime. fucking problem with it, was that I reached the final boss, which is like a big, giant, undead baby, and I couldn't beat it. Like, at all. This thing wrecked me because at that point, the game expects you to have the skill to stay in the air long enough to avoid certain attacks. So if you suck at it, and you suck at the boost, and you can't stay up there, then... You die every time. I must have spent... Oh, I spent at least an hour. It might have been two hours fighting this boss, trying to fucking beat it. And that boss, the last boss of the game, taught me how to play the game. And I did eventually beat it, but it's like there was... Was there selectable difficulty? Maybe. But that was not a game that held your hand in any way. They were just like, oh, yeah, here are some controls. Yeah, you can jump in the air. Oh, that's, that's a good time. You go out there and have fun. That's not a good thing, though. I, I, I had a similar experience with some mech game, some whatever one Square makes. Um, from but, Mission? Yeah, from Mission. There was, there was one that came out like a year or two ago, and the whole game was so easy. And then the penultimate boss was this bastard who I spent like an hour trying to beat. I don't enjoy that kind of thing. I think it's the opposite of what we were talking about earlier with um, some other classic games where you're opening up um, more of the game as you go along and your your skills are building in a sensible way where you're getting better and better at the game instead of just breezing through the game. And then all of a sudden you have to – everything that you got around learning before because the game was so easy you didn't have to learn it. You have to suddenly have to use it in one big battle. That's that's poor game design. I was going to say it, this is just like tactics. That's just like Final Fantasy Tactics, a from mission example. Like you, you just go along plotting your way using your regular moves, not com- you know, not just maxing out your shitty class like monster or animal talker or whatever the fuck the shitty one was. You know, like you just run around with your stupid geomancer being an idiot, and then you get to one of the boss fights, like that dude that turns into a giant demon or uh, or. What was the name of that? The Black Knight guy that can suck yeah, your energy? Well, there's one. I think it's Velius. He turns into a... There, it's like a one-on-one the, the first, fight. Oh, yeah, the one-on-one, one-on-one Ramza versus the dude that turns into a demon later. Right. Yeah, that that's... is like the wall. The first wall of Final Fantasy Tactics. And if you have been playing the game right until that point, you will be okay. If you were playing the game like a dumbass... And you know what? The game doesn't even tell you, hey, you've been playing like a dumbass. 
It'll it'll let you. You'll be fine. Like there'll be no problem. And and you don't even know what playing like a like a dumbass is as compared to playing like a like a like a person who's good at tactics because the game doesn't teach you that how to That is be an example of bad design because it's very Exa- possible yeah. to reach that point and not be able to beat that boss because you just can't beat it. But developers like Nintendo and Capcom know that you you want to put in those those sub levels, those sub bosses in a way that will preferably have you you'll have to beat each boss in a different way so that you can sample all of your powers and then you'll have a big battle at the end where you have to use all of the powers together. I think that's the ideal situation. But um, with the difficulties that we see now, uh, where you want to make the game really easy at the beginning so you don't turn people off to it. Um, it can backfire if you do, if you don't have a, a steady progression, and then all of a sudden you say, okay, let's do an old school battle to to finish this game. It's good people are going to be talking about this forever. Yeah, they'll be talking about how how frustrating it is that all of a sudden there's they've hit this wall with just no indication that a big wall was coming up in their face. Well, well I mean, when it comes to tactics, it's, it's it's more like tactics is more like you have to play the game to learn how to play the game. And it's a long game, so you're really not going to play it more than once. And your first time, you're not going to be that good at it. I remember the second time I played it, I remember when I got, um, what's the name? I can't remember the name of these people. It's been a long time. But when I got, like, the, the holy, the holy knight girl, Agrius, Agrius. Is that her name? Yeah. You know, like, I remember the first time I ever got Agrius, I was like, wow, she's awesome. She's overpowered. And then the second time I played the game, I got Agrius, and I was like, she's "Oh like, my oh, gosh, she's she got no sucks. abilities. She sucks yeah, ass compared limited. to my regular guys. I got no room for her in my party. Fuck this bitch." So it was once you learn how to play, it's a very different experience. But it, it, I think it's to the game's detriment that they don't teach you how to play and if, at any point. And if you play the the like the new the PSP version and I guess the iOS version, and I do. like with the new with the new classes, like if you level, if you spend enough time on it, you le- you turn all your characters into Dark Knights. They completely annihilate like all oh, of, but you have to master I mean that's, that goes against characters. the teaching see like the way I learned to play tactics is that you don't master classes because it's stupid you just learn the moves you need and you move on and then you combine classes to form something better than any master class could be but for the PSP version you do have to master certain classes in order to unlock the, the Dark Knight thing so uh, and that's just tedious and time well I mean it's, it's just it's just an extra thing for 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 tactics dorks to mess around with. I mean, it's not necessary to the game. No, not really. Okay. Well, let's let's try to wind this down, but wind it down with some some solutions here because right now we have a casual game market which is which is kind of booming, and then we have the games, the more traditional games that you know, quote unquote, advanced gamers or ugh, hardcore gamers play. But there's there are there are times when you've got one game that appeals to both but it's kind of an art form to do that i think um we started talking about control we started this podcast talking about um controls and the wiimote and i remember uh back in the 2600 uh days there was a game at the arcades called defender and defender had about seven buttons and uh and a joystick to play and then everybody was in awe of that because oh it's got all these buttons it's like controlling a real spaceship (laughs) yeah no, Man, this is, mind, I remember this. Blown today. <laughs> you know, Nick, I think that early versions of Defender didn't even have a joystick. It just had buttons. Oh yeah, it had the you would you would flip press left and right. one button to Forward flip and back. left and one button to flip a hyperspace right. button and that, yeah, all that kind of shit. And then it came to the 2600 and it had to be put into the one joystick with that one orange button. But they did it. 
they did it. They uh, they they dumbed down the controls, but they still kept the game as fun as could be expected on on that system. So I think maybe we've seen where a game can have simple controls and then complex controls. And I think Capcom Fighters are a perfect example of this, where you have easy mode and you have, um, instead of taking buttons away, instead of saying, okay, we're only going to have four buttons now, if they have a mode where you've got the beginner's mode of control and then you've got something that's more traditional so the guy can get out of the shack uh, during Pearl Harbor, as I think Eric mentioned uh, a few weeks yes, ago. Yes, Adam Carolla's Adam difficulty getting out of the Pearl Harbor. Uh, yeah, you can choose at the beginning, you know, I'm I'm good at I'm good at games or I'm bad at games. Well, see, I think yeah. that's that's an area where like where the 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 thing in Skyward Sword where you have the person saying like, "Hey, Link, maybe you should try moving that boulder." You could say like, you know, "Hey, Adam, maybe you should try climbing up that ladder, pushing the A button to climb the ladder or something like that." You need Navi. You need Navi in Modern Warfare. You heard it here first. That's my idea. No, you would have a setting in every game where you would think some things would be done automatically for you or done easily with one button press. Um, if you chose one setting and if you chose another setting, you would be left on your own more, and you would have you would have that whole all those buttons to deal with, and you would ha- you wouldn't have hints flying at you every second. I disagree. I think if you're going to get into the hobby, you need to uh, put a little bit of time aside and actually learn how to play a game. I don't think the game should play itself for you. So you're you're against easy mode and in in, uh, in in fighting games like. I mean that could be difficult. Yeah, I am especially against easy mode in fighting games. Yes, because those are meant to be played against other living human participants. Yeah, I think competitive with, stuff is a little. Di- so competitive bit different. stuff needs to be. What if you have like, a kid that you're trying to get into games? Wouldn't you- then he needs to learn how to fucking play before he plays against other people. Play the computer but for a while, said, or don't play the game. As you said before, Mizzou, we came up with this, and we were gradually introduced to things. We started with that one button on the on the on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and now Street Fighter Two always had six buttons. So not you know. not fighting games though. Fighting games where you you had to go to the arcade as a ten year old and play that it was, four it was or way six harsher. button game. It was way harsher as a kid. You had to go there in person. People are smoking everywhere. You can't even breathe in that room. There's like giant thugs everywhere, and you have to try to beat them at this game. Like and your, it's Tekken, beating, so it's even you're fucking worse. You're scared shitless because you're like six years old and you're in this room full of giant black adults and they're all beating you at fighting games. That's way harsher than it, it is right now. Are you kidding me? I think me? you're only looking at things from your perspective. I am. Because we have lost buttons for Street Fighter. Aren't we now down to four buttons in, in some games? You know, well, we don't but, have. But some of the fighting games back then only had four buttons too. I mean, the Mortal Kombat, the Tekken. Um, I mean, obviously some of those came later, but. You know, there were a lot of a lot of fighting games that I, we grew when up with. It comes with. down to a choice between the casual market, which is however um, hundred millions of people, and the Mizo market and the, the TNL market. If they're gonna if they're rushing and they're gonna make some concessions, they're gonna make concessions to make things easier. So I'm saying right now, when we still have hard games, let's a better solution would be to just make that concession in the game. And just have a dumbed down mode that you have to toggle. You have to go into the options and toggle. Just have it be there so but people can you, play all. But then you have then you games. have Nintendo games. Play Nintendo games. Go play Smash Brothers. Then. I think that there, Leave there are Street Fighter alone. There are design changes. Maybe not talking specifically about Street Fighter, but there are design evolutions and changes that can be made that can be make that can make games generally easier without really affecting the difficulty. Like just like regenerating health, the availability of that makes a lot of types of games a lot 
easier to play without necessarily making them all that much more difficult. And then there's difficulty settings that can, you know, change health levels and do the things that Chris was talking about, while also making the game more accessible. Oh, I mean, that you versus the P, you versus the CPU, do whatever you want. You know, you versus the CPU, have easy, have normal, hard, whatever. I don't give a fuck. But you against another human being, you need to have the same resources available to you on the ground nobody's, floor. Uh, nobody's talking about that. We're trying to have a setting right off the bat where if you picked hard or something like that, or you picked a certain setting, you wouldn't. It would be like a like a macro saying, "I don't want regenerating health. I don't want infinite bullets. I don't want all these different concessions because I'm a more advanced gamer." Where it actually meant something, not like Chris was saying earlier with just having nine times as many hit points on on the bosses and just having you, you plug away. I, I don't think that it would be that difficult to, to just do that and just have an easy mode in games and a hard mode in games and just have that be standard because I think they're just going to start making games easier and easier the more more people get into them. I think we're, we're kind of a, on a di- we're kind of like a dying edge in a way. We're you know our kinds of games are still going to be there, but we're going to lose out on some games that could have been harder, that could have been more enjoyable, but they're they're dumbed down for mass consumption. Well, I, I think it can work both ways. Both ways, and I think that both can survive. Because I mean, we've clearly lost a lot of what used to be cinematic games that we used to have. I mean, a lot of point-and-click adventure games, like we don't really have those anymore. They're generally just indie games, but we still have that same kind of uh, conversation-heavy adventure style that's just being incorporated with different, with other kinds of play styles. And I mean, something like, yeah, like Mass um, Effect, right? Like Mass Effect, or as you know. Um, much as as shitty as it might be, um, Azura's Wrath, like there's a game, it's a lot of QTEs, so it's a lot of story heavy, it's a lot of cutscene heavy, but in terms of gameplay, it's not it's not like it's really dumbed down from something like Sam and Max, where you're basically just combining a couple of completely random fucking items that have nothing to do with each other. And like that's the gameplay. It's not really uh I mean, I know some people are really going to hate that kind of a comparison, but I don't, I don't really see a difference in terms of skill between the two of them there. Um, and, you know, so it's like we've, we've lost some genres, but things are getting spread out across more. And as I think, you know, they can definitely still continue to create games like Vanquish or Bayonetta. Um, and since Platinum is also working on Metal Gear Rising, like, that can also exist. While at the same time, we have... Um, easier games that more people are able to play, but I, I think that ultimately a lot of that just comes down to the the difficulty level being selectable. Like I don't see a downside to having that in any kind of a single player experience. Yeah. At that point, anyone can play the game as long as the developers are not idiots about what they make the hard mode. Yeah, I I want to be able to enjoy all games, not just have some games that are just so easy that I, I that I don't even want to look at them. I want I want everybody to be able to play any game and just enjoy it on on their own terms. Well, in recent memory has there been a game that's that's too easy that that you feel like it, it, you would have it actually hurt the enjoyment of the game because it was just way too easy. Has there been something like that? Um, played recently? I tend to see that's the thing. I tend to avoid games that I know are going to be easy. And that's one of the thing I look one of the things I look for when I read, you know, the TNL forums or I read a review. I look to see what people say about the difficulty. Well, like, which game have you avoided lately then? That was too easy. Kirby. Epic Yarn. I yeah, you know what? 
Kirby Kirby is sitting here in my house and I haven't played it because of that Kirby very reason. Kirby is a good example. That's a good example. Yeah. I forgot about Kirby. Kirby 1 was pathetic, but I still enjoyed it. I played Kirby 1 a good amount of times, but that may just be because it was like the only thing I had on Game Boy for a while. I also think New Super Mario Brothers on the DS is a good example of a game that was way too easy. <laughs> uh, that one was more like bland than easy. Well, maybe it was easy as well, but it was kind of like I think boring it was bland and because it was easy, you just You just go through it. You just hold right and you go through it and then it's over and you're like, I guess that was like Mario. I had the same problem with Super Princess Peach, uh, which I thought found was so ridiculous that I just like I I just stopped playing it. I found it We're so looking? easy. Super Princess Peach. That wasn't too well. I don't know. I it just, was cute. I, I, liked I just that. I, it was I don't cool. know. I, th- I was really disappointed with that. But again, like these are all games which don't necessarily have They're to be Nintendo made. Games. Yeah. Yeah, Surprise. I mean, they don't have to be changed. Like, Kirby is generally aimed at a young audience. But the, again, there would be nothing wrong with them including a hard mode that included a set amount of lives, did not allow you to constantly but, I mean, regenerate like NES and Kirby. heal. And... Kirby's Adventure was great. Like, Kirby on the Game Boy, Kirby 1 on the Game Boy was too easy, but Kirby's Adventure was great. Like, it was perfect. It had, like, you know, hidden doors and different places you could find and optional things, and that was an amazing game. Did you guys all play that? The NES one? Uh, I think no. I might have no. like a my long god. time ago. My god, <laughs> really? I think that's the one that's on 3D now, like on the 3DS, the one with the 3D backgrounds. I think it's the yeah. Nintendo I have the, I have the 3DS version, but I played like the first couple levels and I got bored with it, so I didn't finish. I almost avoided Bioshock because I heard it was too really? easy. Bioshock, Bioshock. When I heard I think that you had just easy. these little these little chambers that you could just pop out of that were like nearby where you died. Yeah, because oh there was God. no consequence to death. I mean, and there were there, there really, really was. wasn't. That was that's weird. I mean, there really was no con. I mean, like 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 not even like you lose money, right? Or yeah. Well, no, I you lose stuff. There was just no consequence. Just the the economics of it are such that you really it's it's. It's negligible. Like I don't, I don't remember if it costs you, Adam, or not. But it, I don't think it does. I don't, yeah, I don't think it does. And also, the, the new Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution, I felt was a little too easy, and that that kind of hampered my enjoyment of it. Although it, there were parts that were difficult, but overall, well, too easy. Like you think the AI was dumb in that game? Yeah, I don't like think they I weren't doing a job ch- of looking I for I don't you? think I had a challenge most times. I could just play one way the same way and just walk through the game until you know until certain parts and then I still need to play through that game I'm I'm up to uh the Hangshaw I think that's as far as I got I enjoyed everything up to that but I just sort of started playing something else and never came back to it With like stealthy games I mean most people play that kind of stealthy right I doubt too many yeah. people are like no sex time to shoot shit you know hooray it's, you you can play other games for for right. real FPS. But I mean, with stealth, with stealth games, like, I mean, you play like Batman or something, if, if, if the enemies are too smart, it probably would be very, very difficult. Like, they need to have really bad field of view and they need to, you know, kind of ignore you after a while. They can't just hunt you forever because they're going to find this you. This leads to another thing I was going to say about how we can compromise between having one set of games for casual and one set of games for advanced. Sports games do this. They have... And it would be much, much harder to do in a, in a, in most other games. But there are sliders for difficulties for different aspects of the AI. 
um, particular things like, let's say, how far an, away an enemy can see you, how many bullets the enemy has, or how, how long the enemy will chase you. But is, that, is that really something that does something, or is it like pushing the, uh, the button at the, at the intersection of a traffic, of a traffic light? It doesn't actually, I'm sure doesn't it actually does. do anything. You know? Well, my call is... Some of them do. <laughs> None of them do anything. Because then you could see, you know, if you have trouble with with something, if you if you're not good at um, aiming, you could put the aiming a little bit. You could push nudge the slider a little bit. Well, there's definitely games that have like selectable versions of of uh, the auto aiming. Like I've been playing Serious Sam three, and I've been going back and forth between my PC and my TV. When I play on my TV, I use a 360 controller, and you can go into the options and select like different aspects of of how much auto-aiming you want, which works really well for using a 360 controller, but obviously with a mouse, you know, I don't I don't need the auto-aiming, and so I'll turn it off. And I'll, I'll flip back and forth between it, and that's a really nice feature to have, and it doesn't hurt anyone having it in the game, but it really helps people like me who want to flip back and forth just because sometimes I feel like sitting at my TV and sometimes I want to be at the computer screen. And then uh, another thing I was thinking about while we were talking was... The oldest way of dealing with difficulties is having extra stages for um, harder difficulty levels. So you play on easy. Let's say there's a ten, there are 10 stages in the game. You play on easy. You can only go through stage 4. You play on normal. You can go through stage 8. But unless you play on hard, you don't even see the final two stages. I think that encourages people yeah. to, to play on harder. I think yeah. that's a more conventional Like the last few game. bosses in Contra. Or just, just, won't or just even things like um, I guess the Final Fantasy games, you know, which uh, a lot of the later ones have provided optional bosses for people who are really, really hardcore about the game. You know, the ultimate weapon bosses. Um, that's a good thing to add, I think. I mean, RPGs are weird because yeah. you can level, I guess. So yeah, I, guess I mean, that's, that's not be, the best example. It would be balanced I around level 99, but I mean, well, not really 99, but close to 99, I'd say. Mm, even then, though, like, they sometimes get kind of wacky. Like, I, okay, terrible game coming on here. Saga Frontier, um, which I played through. When I was playing through this game, none of the fact writers had beaten the Earth Dragon. The Earth Dragon was a totally optional boss that you could go to at the end of certain people's stories and try and fight. Um, but he was ridiculously powerful. He just absolutely destroyed people. But because the Saga saga Frontier and some of the other Saga games are based 100% on luck, I had developed this... Out of sheer luck, I had developed a five-hit combo that dealt hilariously ridiculous amounts of damage, and I walked up to the Earth Dragon, and I two-shot it. And it was like, here was the hardest boss in the game... That was, you know, beyond anything else that was remotely, that could be done at all. And because of sheer luck on something I had discovered earlier, I was like maybe halfway through the game and I wrecked it like it wasn't even there. And it's, you know, it's a sort of thing of like just combining, like I don't want to say skill because I didn't really have anything to do with finding that. Um, but it's it's something that can be offered. I like having the optional stuff. It's good, and it's you know the sort of thing of being like, oh hey, you found everything else too easy, go tackle this for fun, just because you want to. I like that. It's kind of like achievements. You don't have to play through the game. Like you get achievements in, for instance, Bioshock. Like if Bioshock had been hard, you can play through it on hard, 
And if you do so, you get an achievement for never switching your difficulty. But if you're yeah. just normally playing through it and you're like, you know what, this fight right here is just kicking my ass. I'm going to bump it down to normal or easy for like five minutes and then go back. You can do that. You don't get the yeah, achievement. you should be able to do that. I and, agree with that. And everything's fine. But at the same time, like you, you can do that personal accomplishment thing if you want to. I think ideally what I would like to see is something that I first encountered really on a, on the NES on a vertical shooter called Zanuck, Z-A-N-A-C. Oh, yeah. There, the AI. Which to, to this day remains one of my favorite vertical shooters ever. What, what would happen with Zanuck is that you had eight different weapons to choose from. And you could, you, the weapons would keep coming at you, as in most shooters, you would, you know, you, the little bubbles would come and you could pick them up or pass them by, depending what you wanted to do. And each of the eight weapons resulted in different enemies, totally different enemies, and totally different attack patterns. So you knew that if you picked up weapon number two, for instance, because weapon number two wasn't a very powerful weapon, it just, it would just, um, cause you to die probably if you weren't really persistent you would avoid number two you would you would avoid doing number two but um (laughs) weapon number seven was this big thing that swept across the screen back and forth and you um there was a very powerful weapon but then at the same time these enemies would change and they would become more powerful and you'd have to adjust your strategy so every time you picked up a different weapon it was almost like playing a different shooter you would although not you know not to that degree but you would have to change your strategy you would have to adjust your strategy because you would have different enemies with different patterns coming at you so i think if you had a game that kind of i mean ideally you would have a game that adjusted its difficulty depending on what you were doing in the game how well you were playing and also what things you chose to do in the game and maybe an intelligent game that would mold itself to you as an individual playing and would try to kill you to a certain level whereas if you if you just kept falling into pits for example it would recognize this isn't a really good gamer i'm not going to keep shooting at him as he's falling in the pit i'm gonna <laughs> it should it should crap on you <laughs> on your corpse but you know what i mean something that adjusts itself on the fly i think would be the uh... ideal uh, compromise. Did you did you play the first Mutant Storm on Xbox Live Arcade? No. Uh, as like the better you did, uh, the more your rating would improve, and the higher the difficulty would become as you played. And once you unlocked, once you reach a plateau of difficulty, which was uh, a designated belt color, you could start the game at that new difficulty. So the game would actually get harder the better you did, and once you started dying, the game would get easier. Yeah, I think so that's it was good. a pretty cool balance. Now the main the main issue that I have with like games that have that kind of variable difficulty often is when I will be trying to do something specific or I'm trying to play on a hard difficulty level and something's killing me over and over and you know I'm trying out different strategies and then the game is like it, the game starts putting me on an easier difficulty level when I don't want to be on one it's like I'm I, the person, am not looking to just kill this and move on. Then I'm looking to beat this in a certain Did way. You think about that? Yeah, let me. I'll get right on that. Well, um, reload your last I checkpoint. Do, <laughs> I do think it's hilarious when the games suggest you move to a different difficulty would level. You like where you try and right, just like Super Mario you 3D die, like, Land five times on a would boss. You like to try easy mode Super Mario 3D, 3D Land. It, it gives you the. Uh, me. It gives you those super power ups when you die enough times on a stage. I think Demon Souls did that. I, I remember losing a couple times in a row, and I, as I recall, the default was yes. Like the cursor was on yes. It would ask you, 
would you like to try it at an easier difficulty? And it was on yes. So if you're mashing the button because you were just fighting a boss and you just died and you're you're still kind of mashing the button because you're you know into that zone. Yeah, it puts you back on, a, on an easier Didn't, difficulty. I think Devil May Cry did that. Like, it was like, congratulations, you just unlocked easy mode. And you're <laughs> yes. like, yay, I suck. Get that out of my it face. Was, it was the worst. You son like, of a I, bitch. DMC was the first one I remember actually giving you the menu and being like, would you like to play on easy mode? You seem to be having a problem. Like, like shut up, game. Just shut up. Does baby want to play on easy? Yes, she does. All right, let's... Uh, that's, a, that's a good discussion. Um... I think we should move on to uh, what we've been playing. And I think I want to start with Eric, because I want to hear about Dark Souls again. Right? <laughs> well, I'm trying to ease my way off of Dark Souls. I did play a little bit of... Um, I did play a little... Uh, Demon play- Souls. TV- PvP. <laughs> or, uh, what? <laughs> you said you were playing Demon Souls. Demon Souls? Get I'm sorry. No, 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 no. No, Dark Souls. I haven't played Demon Souls. I don't know what it's no, no, about. Chris said that as a joke, and it was funny, and you missed it. But yeah, I... Um, I I started playing on um, on the advice of Mizzo. I started playing uh, the Ease One and Two East One and Two Chronicles on the PSP. I started with East One and I've been uh, pleasantly surprised with that. Um, I actually I bought I bought the three game collection for the uh, PSP, uh, including Ease One and Two Chronicles, uh, Ease Ulth and Felgana, and then E Seven. I actually started backwards. I started with E Seven. But decided to start over with East One, and it really isn't enjoyable. I mean, talking about we're talking about difficulty, obviously, this entire podcast. But um, you know, East introduced a lot of you know what are now considered to be you know standard concepts like regenerating health, and um, and some other concepts which are which more or less completely abandoned, like the whole idea of just ramming its enemies in order to kill them which i think in east one is kind of hilarious because whenever you do this they they explode into a shat into a huge pile of gore like no matter yeah, it's rubbing up on dudes till they blow yeah up. <laughs> like no matter what kind of enemy you run into which i think is great especially considering the, like the kind of light-hearted japanese anime tone of the game especially all the art and also the the lo- the localization of the game is really really good like <laughs> Um, you know, it's 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 light and pleasant. It's got it's you know, nice, little, appropriate little jokey moments, like not in like a working designs, like 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 God laying no. on like the stupid topical jokes, but it, you know it's just kind of lighthearted and and you know just overall very nicely done. It's a very nice product, and I I guess the I guess the the uh, port is based on a two thousand one. Uh, Windows port, so I'm not sure how much different it is from that, but it just works very nicely, and um, really, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm up to the point, I think, like after like the the first major boss on East One, like some huge guy in a cloak, a whole bunch of fire everywhere. I think that's where I am. So yeah. I'm down some dungeon. But did you notice how? I mean, there's only ten levels in the game, yeah, it's so pretty leveling short. up <laughs> makes you amazing. Yeah, like, like all of a sudden you're destroying just everything that yeah. ever gave you I think about like level yeah. five, or level six, or something. I don't know. But um, so in addition to that, I played. Um, I finally started Resident Evil Four for the first time. I realized. Um, I thought wow. I thought about playing it because. Um, because of Resident Evil Re- Revelations coming out on the 3DS, I played the the demo. I was kind of interested in that. And um, I actually considered buying it on buying the the GameCube version so I could play it on my Wii. But then I realized that there's a downloadable version on Xbox Live, so I just downloaded that. 
And it's it. Or I, he could have gotten the Wii version and used the, the Wii, Wii controls. I, controls. I didn't know there breaks the game. I did, that breaks the game. Did not know there was bit. one, but yeah, I'm 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 happy with it so far. I you know I've never been a big fan of Resident Evil. I think the controls are. I can kind of understand why they they are the way they are. I guess, and I I do like the tension of the game. I just like the fact that your your gun your the hands shake. You know whenever you pull your gun out, you know, to reinforce the whole tension of walking around this crazy old Spanish town with these crazy, not quite zombie guys <laughs> wandering encountering Spanish people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty terrifying. Your, I mean, your hand shakes right yeah. around your, your wallet, back pocket, <laughs> making sure it's still well, well, these, from Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, coming from where I come from, you guys, you know. I've had to deal with this kind of stuff. Resident Evil has, has the new Resident Evils have an amazing history of of just killing people who are not white, like a lot. Like four is all about killing Hispanics, just nonstop. And five is is even worse. I'm not even going to say it, but five is even worse, and it's hilarious. And I can't wait to see the Chinese people in Resident Evil Six. That's all I gotta say. So I I, I beat Resident Evil Five. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting here. I beat Resident Evil Five, and I unlocked the unlimited ammo chain gun. And the first thing I did, you start, you walk into the first town, and all you do is, for people who haven't played the game, you just enter into this town, and there's there's black people everywhere, and you just walk past them, and they all stare at you kind of weird. Oh, Chris. And then they start chasing you, and there's just tons of black people chasing you. And the thing that's so weird about it is because they haven't revealed that they're zombies yet. So all these people start chasing you, and I just turn around and pull out this chain gun, and I'm just mowing down waves of them. And there appears to be no reason for this. So here my character is, the lone white guy who just wanders into this African town and starts murdering hundreds of civilians because they're unlimited oh spawns God, at that point. So they're just pouring down hallways, and I'm just like, this, this is unintentionally the worst game I have played in years. That's pretty funny. That's like in Tomb Raider 2, when you start off and you're in Venice, and you're like, here I am in Venice, and you're walking down the street and a dog comes at you? In Venice, this is a city, and a dog comes at you, and you kill the dog. You shoot it, and you kill it. And then his owner comes out of a house, and he's like, hey, why did you kill my dog? Because that's what people talk in Venice. And then you kill him. And that's how Tomb Raider 2, that's Tomb Raider 2, basically. Like, they, they give you no reason for this happening, but that's, you, you've just been, your video game instincts make you do this. Like, you, you're not in a tomb, you're not in some weird place, you just walked into some dude's backyard and you killed his dog, and then you killed him. And you're just like, that's what happens, man. That's what happens in Venice <laughs> when you're Lara Croft, streets. I guess. That's one of the weird things about it. There are a lot of moments, if you stop and think, in so many games, if you just stop and think, like, why am I doing this? I just came to this world. Like, you're a stranger in the world. You come in and you just start killing people. And it's part of the game. But if you sit there and think about it, like, why am I doing this? Would any sane person do this in real life? But then you can't enjoy games like that if you start thinking about it like that. Well, that's why Bioshock was cool because it turned it around on you a little bit, you know? Just the whole concept of you do as you're told in video games. Because you do. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. What else are you going to do? So anyway, Ease 1, right? Or did we move on? Yeah, Ease 1, and then I, I talked about Resident Evil 4 after that. And then, um, yeah, and um, getting close to finishing uh, Shinobi in the 3DS, which I think is still, it's it's probably my favorite game in the 3DS um, right now. Yeah, I've I've spent an amazing, like a surprising amount of time on it. I did not expect to spend this much time on it. I think I've 
they put like 20 hours into it. I'm still not beating the game. And, and talking again on, about difficulty, like I, I like the idea of the unlimited kunai, but it still has it still has you pick up health pickups, which I think is kind of backwards. Like I, 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 I get that there's kind of a retro component to it because the old Shinobi games had little uh, chicken chicken bone pickups that you picked up for health, so they've got the same little chicken bones that you can pick up for health. Um, but I think if they if they either worked out some kind of way, like regenerating health probably wouldn't work for this game. But if they if they did something kind of like the PS2 Shinobi, where like killing people um, with your sword actually gave you health back, I think that would Tate kills. Yeah, I think that would be a good way to do it. Um, but there's sort of a way, like a different way they they can do it. Like the the more people you kill without getting hit, it like increases your score multiplier and and it also increases your damage. So like. I was thinking maybe they could set up a way that you know they could, it only restores your health if you've got an active multiplier going or something like that, so it's not completely abusive. Um, because I think that's one thing that sort of like extends gameplay time a little bit, because sometimes you just go through the same section over and over again, and you just keep dying. You have to learn how to do a section, and you know just because of where the spawn points are you have to go through tedious sections over and over again i think that would kind of reduce the need to do that while also requiring you to be somewhat skillful in playing through the game um but yeah that's about what i've been playing all right sounds good uh chris what have you been doing well i haven't played too much i was playing through serious sam 3 like i kind of mentioned before it's it's okay um a part of the problem is i'm still in the intro part which is supposed to be a parody of, I think it's supposed to be a parody of like modern, um, realistic shooters. The problem is that it it ends up kind of settling in this weird space where it's all the shitty parts of older shooters that modern shooters have evolved past, with the bland level design of bad modern games. So it just ends up being kind of this crappy game for a long period of time. Before it turns back into Serious Sam. Yeah, like, it eventually it becomes Serious Sam. Like, I've seen videos of it happening, so I know <laughs> it gets awesome. I just haven't gotten that far yet. Like, I'm just sort of sitting at this part where it's like, alright, I'm 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 shooting enemies that just, like, kind of walk out into the middle of, of roads and start firing at me. And I just mow them down. And, like, every once in a while they'll be like, hey, here are the kamikaze guys. Here's a charging bull, here's, you know, something interesting, and then it goes away. And it's back to, you know, terrible corridor shooters that we're all glad we moved past. Um, And, yeah. So I'm waiting for it to get good, and I know when it does, it'll be great. But one of the things that was I was kind of thinking of was, with that and hard reset, I think I'm actually pretty much good on... Like like that classic style of shooter for a while. I mean, it's kind of nice that we had that. Like Hard Reset was a very you know old school Doom style shooter. Serious Sam Three is obviously like a Serious Sam kind of open world explodey game. And, but I don't think that we need that many of those. Like I know people bitch that older older types of games don't get made as much these days, but they made a ton of them a long time ago. And even sitting down now, like I I don't think I would have played more than hard reset and serious sam 3 in like a year or maybe even like through next year like i'll probably be like i'm in the mood for one of these games i'll just play hard reset again or you could just play like, you just play doom again you know or doom right, or like, doom 2 i'm not really going to feel the need to run out and be like you know what i need doom 5 
Like that's going to complete my life. Like no, I can I can just play hard reset again. They're simple enough that when you're purposefully not going to really evolve the gameplay, you don't need a whole lot. You pretty much just need a decent graphics engine, maybe some physics for like tossing bodies around. Yeah. And like that's it. Painkiller. Like, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, Painkiller was kind of crappy, but I uh, <laughs> I would even, but I, mean, I would even it, go so far as to play just play the original Half Life Two again. I think that's pretty good to, for me to go back to. I know I I don't know if you guys yeah. can stomach that I game. I go back but, to the achievements one day. Yeah, yeah. I, but I actually like a lot. There's parts of Half Life Two I love. There's parts of Half Life Two that just bore the living shit yeah, out of me. Yeah, that's the thing. There's parts I have not. Yeah, I mean it's spotty. I mean, it, but there's the the parts that are really good are really really good. I think. Like, one of the interesting things is to go back and play Half-Life 1 these days, and if you can ignore the graphics and just pay attention to the architecture, it's hilarious. Because we we marveled at that game for being a realistic take on first-person shooters back then. But when you actually play it now, when you look at it oh, with no, more... No critical grown-up view when you have like actual architects designing houses and things in games and like laying places out and you walk into there and you're like wow this hallway is ridiculously huge for no reason and crazy long and why are all these buildings shaped funny and why are there stairs here and what the fuck is going on with this place like it just it makes like no sense these days you know, it was you know really love? cool back in the day. This has nothing to do with anything we're talking about, but you just reminded me because you said stairs. I love it with like a 2D game tries to depict stairs, but then you have like, so like you'll go up, so it'll be like flat ground, then it's stairs going up, and then another flat ground above it, but they don't, the ground doesn't go all the way. Like there's actually no ceiling above the stairs, so you can climb up to the second floor. But then if you want to go left, like say the stairs climb up right, if you want to go left, you have to jump the gap. To get to and that's stairs never work like that in in ever in how do what kind of place is built like that that's amazing like what anyway okay sorry but yeah yeah mostly I've just been playing Serious Sam three and then I've uh, been playing Hero Academy against Mizo and Chuck and uh, Jam I, hate that game. <laughs> I will never play it again. <laughs> Oh god, you just got to get used Chris to it. Chris didn't like, explain anything to me. No, no, I and did. He's just fucking raping me oh, with those god. bug eyes like that dude has in this game. I hate it. You didn't explain anything to I me. I did explain things to him. The problem was that Mizo didn't realize that there was a chat function in the game. <laughs> so he didn't he didn't see the little like message pop up in the corner and then click on it and realize that we were I'm talking like, to oh, each other. Oh, that's nice. I walk like two people on this field. He runs to my crystal and he destroys it. And I'm like, what's the crystal? What's destroying? Like, why did I lose? What's happening? Because, <laughs> I mean, that was the thing. Was I, I actually didn't read anything either when I first started playing against Chuck. I just downloaded it and started playing against him. And we were both just figuring stuff out as we played. Like, I would be like, like Chuck would stand on top of one of my guys after he knocked him out and, and perma-killed him. And I was like, oh my god, you can do that? I, I didn't even know you could do that until you, sh- yeah, until you did it to me. Yeah, like, we've just been doing it back and forth. And it's been fun because it's like, you know, going back and forth with, like, JM and all that, because there's different maps, and some maps have more crystals than the others, so on some of them it's easier to destroy the crystals, other maps it's easier to just try and kill off all the other people. Now, like, are the people you get just random? Like, completely random? You could yeah. get a few warriors, you could get, like, a yeah. useless freaking wizard? Or... Well, yeah, okay. it's it's basically a, like, if you'll notice, there's a little counter that's down in the corner, and that tells you how many things remaining you can get. Um... And as you use up items that you have on the bottom, whether they are um, power-up items or shields or firebombs or whatever, 
I keep getting the I keep getting the the make your dude stronger I like item confused with the firebomb item, so I'll just throw it on top of my guys and nothing will happen. And I'm like, oh, and I didn't know you could take the I didn't know you could take moves back. I just figured that out like like a second ago, last time I sent you something. Well, here's the thing: like when I first started playing the game, I didn't realize that you could click on the icon that had your turns and take your moves back, even though it's clearly labeled with an arrow. <laughs> So if you actually look at the icon, you're like, oh, hey, that makes fucking sense. What I would do is I would back out of the game that's entirely wow. and then go okay, back so into it. That's exactly what I've been doing. I've been pressing the back button to leave yeah. and then coming back. Yeah, but you don't have to. Like That's what I started doing Holy at first. Shit. And then it was like, I was playing around with it. And then I was like, oh, hey, there's an item that, or there's an icon that shows you how many turns you have. And then I hit it and was like, oh, my God, it resets them. This game anyway. is... Yeah. Yeah. I hate it because Chris has just been showing me how to play by beating me and showing me one new thing every time he wins. It's the right. only way you'll ever learn, Mizzou. <laughs> you know, if only it had a manual for Mizzou to look at. Shut up. We talked about that. Nobody reads those anymore. All right, so Mizzou, we know we've been playing playing and losing at Hero Academy. What what else do you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. I actually, I finished Ease 1 and 2 that uh, Sleeve brought up, and I just want to reiterate how... how I don't know. Is that on I, the I like... PSP? Where are you, where are you playing yeah, this? It's yeah, it's on, okay. on the PSP, yes. Uh, I, I think it is just an older remake ported over, but I, I they did make new music for the game. I think game. they added some new and art, on the fly, too. Like the, they may the have. They character may have. portraits, I think, are new. Okay. But yeah. And on the fly, you can switch the music from the original. I don't know how original it is. I don't know if it's the actual original game or if it's a TurboGrafx game or which one it's from. But you go from original to 2000 and... Eight music to 2010 music. I don't really understand. So many all, versions. It's confusing. It's versions. confusing to me. Like <laughs> yeah, but the music is awesome. Let's just say it's, that it the is music great. for this game is awesome. Uh, I like the little the art style they have. Uh, some people I read. I want to call out this review. This uh, I read a review about this game, and they gave it like a six or something, and they were talking shit I about the game. Saw that review. The whole time. Yeah, it was a piece of shit. And I was getting so angry. I linked it in the forums. I don't. Where was it? Do you remember? Think, it was a GameStop. I, I think GameStop, it was IGN. It was an IGN or, review. Was it yeah, IGN? Yeah. I don't know who wrote suck. it. I don't want to go back and read it. I don't know who wrote it, but I mean, the game, it's, I mean, it's an old school RPG with unique combat. The combat is, is probably the only negative because it's a little weird. The whole bumping into things. It's like, it's like, I think uh, it's okay. I mean, it's like, that, it's like half minute hero. It's like half minute hero in 3D. Except, um, I mean, is it any, like if you hit an angle, is it really any worse like than, if you hit yeah, them, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, like if you hit them head on, then you both lose energy. But if you hit like off center or at an angle, in part two, you can always hit at an angle and be safe. So part two makes it a lot easier. Ease two. But in ease one, you kind of have to keep hitting in a weird way. And then uh, you don't take damage, but they take damage. It's not that bad, but it's there's a reason why nobody else has really done it since then. I guess it's not incredible either. I mean, sometimes I, th- sometimes I think about it and... And think like, is it really all that much better than like, um, than like menu based com? You know that like fucking oh, you know dragon quest. It's quests, much faster which... than menu based combat. Yeah, I mean, and as you power, when you power up, you can just go through old areas, ex- just blowing these guys up. Like I- I'm like, yeah, just leave I'm a like, shower uh, of gore in your way. What's the name of the bully from The Simpsons? I can't. I'm forgetting Nelson? things when I'm old. Like Nelson. Remember that that episode where Nelson was playing football with Bart and he picked him up, and he's like running to the end zone with him. And like he's like knocking people down using Bart, and right before he gets to the end zone, he goes out of his way to knock some other kid out, and then he goes, you know what I mean? Like he goes out of his way just to hit this guy with Bart because it's so much fun. That's what I'm doing. I'm like, 
I'm running down and I'm just I'm like there's an enemy way over there. He's gonna give me no experience, but I I just run right through him to blow him up and then I keep going, because I'm in like it it does make the game uh, move at a much faster pace than any older RPG I have ever played, and it, it actually becomes very enjoyable. I think the default so is I, the run. I, I do which like is good. It. Yeah, there's there's more pros than cons to it in my opinion. Uh, the the review said the graphics were um I think he said they were like just generic. But I thought they were adorable. They're really nice. Really they're they're nicely done. They're super crisp on the little PSP screen. Like they look. They look amazing. good. The sprites are very, uh, you know, very yeah. detailed. Like every time like you equip the, a weapon, the, the you can text, see it. The text is nice. Mm -hmm. And when you press select, you see a little summary of your weapons and your stats and stuff. And those are these tiny little letters that are nice too. Like everything about the the design of it, I, I really connected with. I really enjoyed. Uh, the anime cutscenes they put in and stuff are are gorgeous. The intros and things, uh, everything about it was just great. I really enjoyed them. I can't even describe how much I enjoyed them. It was just a lot of fun for me to play. And and the review also said that the game was obtuse, which is a word I've been throwing around a lot today, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, it's not. Like, it's really not. There are, there are two important non-playable characters, three by the end. And the first one gets murdered after you talk to her twice. So I'm sorry, Sleeve, if you're not that far. No, that's so okay. you never have to go back and talk to her. So that leaves two people that give you advice that matters. And if you ever don't know what to do, you go to these people and they tell you what to do. Like they 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 tell you what to do. I, there's no better way to putting it. So there is no obtuse puzzle. It's like I don't know what to do next. Let me go talk to this girl. Okay, this is what I need to do next, and then you go do it. I mean, there's no quest. There's no like quest. Uh, what do you call it? quest finder thing that quest, quest log yeah, yeah there's no quest log there's no thing that points you where to go i mean you kind of just know it's not a big it's a, game yeah by it's any not means. complicated it's a short game i mean there's there's it's, it's no short, way you're yeah. gonna get the lost worst part is there's like the absolute worst part is that there are no maps for the dungeons so you have to either draw your own or look them up online of course you're gonna look them up online and that solves that problem so that's that's the worst part and you can easily counteract it by looking up the existing maps which a lot of people... People made some good maps for the DS version. If you want to look on GameFAQs, PSP has, like, no facts at all, but the DS version has some good maps uh, if you need them because some of these dungeons are really, really big, especially the, the end part of East 2. Holy shit. It's like a giant fucking shrine with, like, five different places, one for each priest, and then there's, like, a whole, like, underground sewer system... And then there's like an east and a west wing. You're like, oh my lord, it's it's the big and it's all interconnected. Like the last like one third of the game takes place in this giant maze, basically. But uh, anyway, <laughs> wow. I just want to bring up this one. Uh, this the re the review talked about this one specific instance of the game, where uh, in the end you're in and that in this in the t in the Tower of Darm, I think it's called. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there's a floor when you you step onto this floor, you go into you like. The, the Tower of Dawn is broken up into segments where you're inside the tower, and then you go outside the tower. And then you run around the tower to go up a floor. Then you go back into a door, now you're on a new floor of the tower. And you get used to it pretty quickly. It's a little weird at first, but you get used to it. So you you go into a floor, and uh, there's like these weird wavy green lines, and you're taking damage. And it's a hallway, straight hallway, with a door to your left. Now you can either leave and have no idea what's going on, or you can go back in, brave the hallway halfway through, get to the door... And then you're you're safe with like half damage. And there's an old man in there who you've met before. And he's hiding out in this hallway. And he's like, man, that hallway sucks. There's like this weird noise that, that sucks away your, your energy. And, uh, you know, I'm trapped in here. I can't get out. I'm going to heal you so you can go back and take care of this. You need to break the uh, 
the support structures outside of the tower because they're using hollow columns to generate this noise like a giant flute. And that's what's sapping your your strength. And you're like, oh, okay. And I just got a hammer. I just got a hammer one floor down. So I leave the room. I take some damage going back out. Doesn't matter. When I'm outside, I can regenerate health anyway. And then I use a hammer on every column one by one until one breaks. I come back. The hallway's safe. And if you read the review on IGN, or what, he says that this is an impossible puzzle that he could not figure out. It's... I don't even, I mean I guess he never talked to the old man. Do you need to do you need to solve that to proceed? Yes, yes, you do. You need the, the hallway you can't get through the hallway without dying. So he didn't you finish can make the it game. Half, the... No, he did. He looked it up. Oh, he looked it up. And he's like, "How am I supposed to know this?" And I'm like, "Because the old man tells you word for word." But you know what? You know what? When you come back to the hallway after you make it safe, the old man is gone. So if he never went into the hallway and he never talked to the old man, but he solved the puzzle by looking it up and then went into the room, the old man would, would not be there. So maybe he never tried. Maybe that's maybe he it. just walked through, you know, like walked his way through the whole game by reading someone else's fact. And, and then he was like, that's so bizarre. It's like, it's not bizarre, dude. Everything in the game, somebody tells you how to do it. Every puzzle, everything. There's a few secret things that are completely unnecessary but are cool. And those are completely extra. But to get through the game, everybody tells you what to do. I was so upset when I read that review. This is another reason, as I said earlier, games might be getting easier because these stupid reviewers. Oh. I, I remember a review for um, yeah. um, Quantum Theory or something on the PS3, and their Destructoid wrote this review, and he, he said that he didn't finish the game and he gave it a lower score because there was this one <laughs> platform that was impossible to pass. You go onto this elevator and there, and these two guys spawn and they're both shooting at you and you can't do it. And he, he played it for two hours and I played quantum theory and that, that part gave me about 10 minutes of difficulty, but the guy didn't finish the game and he docked the score because he's terrible at it. And uh, I find, I mean, they could, yeah, yeah they uh, could give like easier review copies, I guess, to people. Cause you do get review copies that come with wa- these detailed walkthroughs and they, and they pretty much say, you know what? If you get stuck at any point, here's my cell phone number. Call me anytime, day or night, you know, cause I want a good review from people, from people. But I, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it right. really irks me when the reviewer is obviously bad at games. I, I, I kind of feel like it's, it, it's hard to find someone who's a good writer and also good at video games, I think. And, and a lot of these sites would rather have somebody that can write well. And anyone that wants to write a review is probably like a like a Jeremy. I haven't read his reviews in years, but back then they were pretty bad. So, I mean, I, I think it's kind of like if you're good at video games and you're like one of those, I mean, at least the people I know in real life, and those people trying to write a review, it would be a pretty horrific thing to have to read. So it would probably be easier to find somebody that knows how to write. It, it's probably harder to find somebody that knows how to write and knows how to play video games than it is to just find somebody that knows how to write and can passively get through these games. Like the Mario Galaxy 2 review, where the guy was like... Shouldn't be that all, hard all of us here, them. All of us here are decent writers. I mean, we, we've all written game reviews. Mizzo, not as much. But no, the you. rest of us are, 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 are pretty good at it. I just, it, it, it baffles me because Destructoid, I believe, pays its writers. I think it's like, like Destructoid is a real job. Like People work yeah. at Destructoid. So you'd think they'd, they'd at least want to finish the game or hire people that... That can that can do both, you know. I'm sure it's not that hard to find. There's Any of us I mean, there, there are a few reviewers that are good at playing games, and it's it's kind of it's a little weird. I think it's weird. It's definitely weird. But okay, yeah. 
There was a Galaxy 2 review I like to, to harp on about where the guy was like, I spent four hours without being able to obtain a single star. And it's like, wh- where? <laughs> there were... I mean, the, the game is gated where like you can't get past this world unless you have this many stars. But the requirement is so low. If you've been even trying at all, you're going to have way above what you need. Like I had every star at that point. But you don't need every star. You like half of. I don't even understand what you can do to fuck up in Galaxy Two. It's, it's not that hard. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, uh, so Ease One and Two, excellent games. Uh, if you've never played them, if you have played them before, if you've never I would recommend played them, them strongly. you should know that it's spelled Y apostrophe S. So you don't look up like E A S. I don't think it's an apostrophe. What game is he talking I think it's about? just Y S. I think it is just Y S. Yeah, no apostrophe. No, yeah. So not it's, the possessive. It's not possessive. No, because it's no, it's it's the name of a it's the name of a. Some kingdom, right? It's a, it's a yeah. place. Venereal yeah, disease. it's a place called Ease, right? <laughs> you go there in part two, so you have that to look forward to. So that's Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles on the PSP. Uh, up next, I am going to play Oath and Felgana, which is a reimagining of the part three yeah. that came out on a bunch of systems. I actually tur- I, I looked at the ROM of uh, Ease 3 on Super Nintendo, Wanderers from Ease, and it looked like the most disgusting fucking thing I have ever seen in my life. I, I had to turn it off almost immediately. It was the grossest looking. Even, like, it looked like a really nasty Super... Like, it didn't look like a Super... I've heard game. really good things it about the like, remake. Yeah, so have I. So I'm looking forward to trying that out. Like, I, what I like about Ease 1 and 2 is that it updated the graphics, so even a graphics whore like me was so happy. The music is amazing, but it retained the gameplay and the feel of the originals in a really good way. You know, like, I, I can see why people would be like, this is too old school. Some of the bosses did get kind of tough. But I like yeah. that. Like, I like the way that the gameplay itself was almost... I mean, yeah, it was altered a bit, but it felt very close to the original. So that was like... It's like the perfect remake in my eyes. So I can't wait to try out 3. Uh, I started playing Valkyrie Profile. You heard me bitch about that a little bit already. And I'm still playing Mass Effect 2 from last week. I haven't put that much time into it lately, but uh, I want to. I mean, I got nothing new to add about that game. It's just... It feels like it's... Like, there's no story... And you're just taking on like side missions from before, except the side missions are fleshed out and cool. Instead of being like, land on this planet, find the same bunker made up of the same three rooms, <laughs> shoot the same four guys. You get a text message telling you what happened, you know? Like that was part one side missions. And part two is like, like free Jack from that fucking prison. And then the guy wants to keep you hostage. And then Jack is going around breaking everything. And it's awesome. That's every side mission in part two. But all it is is side missions. So there's not like a cohesive story holding it together, at least not yet, that I can find. But it's it's neat, but it's not as engrossing as I found part one, let's say. So yeah. All right, cool. That's going to do it for this week. We're going to have Corey Coleman from the TNL forums, known as Bob or Bebop or Bob. He's known as Babar. We're going to have him on next week, so I'm sure we'll be talking about things uh cheesy and japanese what is he good at I don't even all right know. he's good at eating <laughs> good forward to it yeah we should he lived in japan for a long time so we should talk about japanese culture japanese gaming yeah see if japanese, japanese games are actually uh easier than, than american games maybe i don't know maybe we can tie it into this this week's topic see Panties. if he's easier when he's in japan vending machines yeah. i hear women are easier i oh, never mind <laughs> <laughs> In Japan. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Thank you very much. If you want to find us, if you can't get enough of our sparkling conversation and wit, 
you can find us at the next level in the forums. Look up uh, the next level on Google, the hyphen nextlevel.com or TNL forums, and you can find us all there. And uh, we'll see you again in a week. Thanks, everybody.